Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. All right, church. Good evening, everyone. How's everybody doing tonight? Good, 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 good. Uh, Tonight, what I want to do is I'm going to just open with a short prayer, and we're just going to worship God together for one song. We got a song, you know, it's dear to my heart, and I just like us just to we'll all stand together and we'll all just worship for that one song, and then I'll give a quick teaching, uh, and then we'll get into some more prayer time. Heavenly Father, we just come to you tonight. Father, we invite you here. Holy Spirit, we invite you here. Have your way in this place. We just pray tonight, Father, that we will just be attuned to what you have for each and every one of us. Father, if there is something that you want us to be enlightened on, something the Holy Spirit needs to speak to us, Lord, we are open to that tonight. Whatever it may be, whether it's about ourselves or somebody else, about our relationship with you. Father, we submit to you tonight. Have your way in this place. In your precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Stand with me. We're just going to worship the Lord one song. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. That name can break any chain. And Father, tonight, we break the chains in the name of Jesus. The chains of sin, the chains of bondage, the chains of addiction, the chains of fear. Every single chain that is plaguing any one of us here tonight, we speak the name of Jesus right now over it. And we thank You that when we say that name, those chains are broken. And healing shall come. Restoration shall come. Life shall come. And we just speak the name of Jesus over each and every person here tonight. Father, we invite You here. We're so thankful for who You are, for what You've done. You are a good, good God. We love You. We worship You. And we praise You tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you guys can have a seat. Well, it's about 60 degrees from a wind chill factor, warmer than it was last Wednesday night, <clears throat> which we did not have church for various reasons, like six, you know, 27 below uh, with the wind chill factor. So uh, tonight, I welcome you. If this is your first time, or maybe you haven't been here before, just a little bit of a flow for the evening. Uh, As you know, we just did a little bit of worship music. I'm going to go into a short teaching. I'll probably teach for like 15, 20 minutes or so. Uh, And tonight we're going to teach out of the book of John, chapter 5. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that chapter, at least the portion of it at the beginning. And then what we're going to do is we're just going to pray over some of these prayer requests that got submitted uh, to the church, either to the church office or through the connection cards on Sunday morning. We're going to pray over those. And then we're going to transition. We're going to turn the music back on, and it's just going to be a time of prayer. 
So it's just the lights will go back down. And we're just going to have a time of prayer. There's going to be music playing. You have the option to walk around. You have the option to stay in your seat. You can come to the altar. You can do whatever you want. You can read your Bible. Whatever it is, it's up to you. It's just a time of prayer. Uh, and then right around 7.30 or 7.25 or so, I'll get back up and we'll try to kind of close the service. And at the end, we've been doing this on Wednesday nights. If you have a physical need in your body, if there is a physical pain, ailment, concern, issue in your body, we want to pray for you. Because we believe that when we lay hands on somebody in the name of Jesus, you are healed in his name. And so we'll just invite you up, and you know, it's not, not to embarrass anybody, but just come on up and we'll just pray for you, short prayer, and we'll let God's manifestation, his healing power, take work in our lives. Okay? Sound like a plan? All right, John chapter 5. John chapter 5. And before I do that, I just want to give a quick testimony uh, from Pastor and Pam. They, um, they're up in Maine right now, and they texted us today. And I don't know if you know, some of you, a lot of you know their story and what has happened, but what they basically said is today they had the first step of their next interview for the Christian Broadcasting Network about the miracle that occurred in their life, as a lot of us know, last September. It was an hour and a half interview. The next step is for approval for the video crew to come up to Maine, where they're at, to start filming their story. She said, Pam, this is Pastor Pam saying, and then it'll go on the 700 Club and then go international. So they said this is going to explode the next season of their ministry. And we are just excited for that. We want to pray for that tonight as well. Uh, she said, we are awed, speechless, and humbled. And then about 10 minutes later, they got an invitation to go to Charlotte to begin filming another interview for the Inspiration Network. So God is working. He is moving miraculously in their lives and, and providing just opportunity after opportunity for them to share this miracle that happened in their life because we serve a miracle-working God, and that word's going to get out. Amen? Amen. All right, John chapter 5. What I'm going to do is just I'm going to read through uh, the beginning portion. I'm just going to stop every once in a while and just talk a little bit about these portions of Scripture. I want to start in verse 1. It says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. You see, church, there is a great number of people waiting for their miracle. There's a great number of people waiting for the miracle. And I think many times, and I am as, as guilty as this, as many times we turn all kinds of different places first, looking for our miracle to happen in our life. Whether it be to a friend, or whether it be to a doctor, or whether it be to a parent, or anybody else, we're turning somewhere first. And what really moved me in this scripture is that the first place we need to turn to when we are in need of a miracle is to God. It is the very first place that we need to turn to. And you think of there it says five porches. Now, I, don't, I tried to do a little bit of research and look at what the porches look like, <clears throat> and I couldn't really tell. But I can tell you that there was a lot of people 
waiting around this pool at Bethesda, waiting for the waters to be stirred so that they could get some healing. Could have been physical healing. Most of them were probably there for physical healing if it's it's, because it says sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed. They were waiting. I think, but too often we put faith in somewhere else waiting. If you look at all these people were putting faith in the water, waiting for the water to be stirred. Now God was in that water. God was performing that miracle through that water, but they were waiting for something to happen. And the beautiful part is today, right now, we have access to that stirring of the water whenever we need it. And that's the difference. We're not waiting for the water to get stirred. See, we live in the New Testament. This is when Jesus was on the earth. Jesus has since gone to the Father in heaven, forgiven us the Holy Spirit, and given us all power that we need to see these miracles manifested in our lives. So, my dad, I've talked about my dad a little bit here. Uh, my dad probably has had more than 38 years of suffering. And we'll talk about this guy who's been waiting here for 38 years. And he said something to me recently, and I found it very interesting. He said, I have no longer have any faith in the medical system for my healing because they haven't been able to do anything for him, especially as of late. And I said, Dad, well, where, where is your faith? He's like, well... You know, if it's God's will to heal me. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, back up. You said, what? And he said, well, it, you know, if it's God's will, if he wants to heal me. I said, Dad, hold on a second. I said, if it's God's will to heal you. I said, I can't find that anywhere in the Bible it says if it's his will to heal you. I said, Dad, it is his will to heal you. He wants to heal you. He desires to heal you. That is what he wants to go do. You know, Jesus talked about when he was on this earth, he could do nothing that he didn't see his father do. Did you ever see Jesus pray for somebody in the Bible, written, where the person did not have a manifestation of healing in their life? No, no, no. You can't find it. When he prayed for you, when Jesus' anointing that he had on from the Holy Spirit, from God the Father, when he prayed for somebody, they were healed. So if Jesus could only do what he saw the Father do when he was in heaven, the only thing that we know then what the Father must want is healing. Well, I haven't seen Jesus put any sickness on anybody. It didn't happen. It's not recorded anyway. It's healing. It says in verse 4, For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. So who was stirring up the water? It was God. God was stirring up the waters. He sent the angel, one of his messengers. Now again, this was before Jesus went to heaven. So the exciting thing is now that Jesus is in heaven, how much more blessed are we because we now have access to the Holy Spirit to do the same working miracles that Jesus had performed, that the Holy Spirit gets to perform through us. So again, we don't have to wait for the stirring waters. We can pray tonight, tonight, for a miracle to happen in your life and God's manifestation of that miracle can occur. And that's exciting. It says, then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease that he had. Whatever disease that he had. It didn't matter what it was, whether they were blind, whether they were lame, whether they were paralyzed. If you go back to that earlier scripture, it listed out the different things. It said whatever. So it wasn't certain things or another thing. It was anything that that person had. The interesting thing is it was only the one that stepped in first. 
It was only the one that stepped in first. And I found this very interesting. It's almost as if the first person that stepped in knew because of what they seen in the past, they had the faith that they were going to be healed when they stepped in. And that's all that they knew. You see, but we have access now that we can understand that when we have faith, when we mix our faith with God's healing power, we can have that healing manifested. And we see miracles happening. We saw the, the miracle last September. and We see miracles every week. I've been hearing about miracles that are occurring right in our midst. It's beginning to build our faith up. So now it's not just the first person who steps in the water. You know, the first person we pray for tonight, well, I didn't run up to the altar first, and so I guess I'm not going to be the one. No, no, no. We have access now. We have, we have access to God's healing power, each and every one of us. There was this anointing, this power for this one healing, but that's what they were believing for. But with Jesus, what he did, we are now his hands and feet. Jesus is the head of the church. He is the head of the church. We are now the body. So what does the body do? The body is the one that's walking. The body is the one that's laying on hands. It's the body that's going around and seeing these miracles manifest on this earth. This power is available to us. It says verse 5, So now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. That's why I mentioned that earlier. 38 years. This guy was suffering for 38 years. I don't know how many of you have been suffering for 38 years, but God has a miracle in store for you. I don't care if it's 40 years. My dad was probably suffering for more than that. He's probably had 50 years. But there's a miracle that's available to him. It doesn't say what it was. It doesn't say what he was suffering from. It doesn't say why he was suffering. Could be a lot of reasons. We're not here to judge that. It says, but when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition for a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Jesus asked him, do you really want this? 38 years I've been here. I've been on one of these five porches. He's probably been moving different porches trying to get a better seat to try to get in there when the water starts. It doesn't say how many of those 38 years he's been waiting at the pool. It just says he's had that infirmity for 38 years. Maybe he's been at the pool for 37 years. Maybe he tried all other kinds of methods for 36 years, and he's only been waiting at the pool for two years. I don't know. It doesn't say which one it is, but Jesus had compassion on him and asked him that question. Do you want to be made well? And the sick man answered him, Sir, <laughs> excuse me, sir, yes, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water's stirred up. And while I'm coming, another one steps down before me. So you can picture this happening, right? It's like this guy, he's probably paralyzed in some way, the water begins to get stirred, and he's like on this crawl, this push, whatever he's trying to go do to get down, and someone always gets in there first. So someone always gets it. But you know what is interesting is he had faith that that water would heal him if he got there first, or he wouldn't be around anymore. He had faith in God that if he got there, so if we have faith in God, we have access to that miracle-working power. It says in verse 8, it says, Jesus said to him, Rise, take your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well. He took up his bed and walked. You see, Jesus spoke to the issue. 
He said, wait a second. You don't have to go down to this special pool. I'm right here. Arise. Walk. Take your bed. And on that day was the Sabbath. Uh Uh-oh. This day was on the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him, who was cured, it's the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. And I wrote a little note down. I said, look out, here comes religion. Look out, here comes religion. Are you kidding me? There was a man who's been in pain and agony and trouble for 38 years, and all you can do is look at him and say, what are you doing carrying your bed on the Sabbath day? Like totally, they just missed the whole miracle. They were completely blind to it. Completely blind to it. And he answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. You see, what this guy was doing is he believed that Jesus would heal him. And when when Jesus said, Arise, he felt it in his body, and whatever Jesus told him to go do, he did. And tonight I'll tell you, church, there are things that Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, is telling you to go do. And Jesus is saying tonight, Arise and do it. Arise and walk. Take your bed and do whatever he's telling you to go do. There are things in your life that he's been speaking to you on that you haven't done yet. You need to do it. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but he's been talking to you and you need to do it. And then they asked him, who is this man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? Again, the religious people were looking right past the miracle. All they cared about was, wait a second, who, who told you to do this? Who was the one that told you to do this? But the one who was healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. So I just, I'm trying to put myself in this situation. If somebody came up to me and I was in pain for 38 years, and somebody said, arise and walk, and all of a sudden I felt the manifest, I think I would probably ask their name. Would you? I mean, would you be like, wow. I'm so glad you showed up today. Like, what was your name? So my guess is what happened is Jesus said this to this man. He got up. He was so excited that he could now He took up that bed, and he just started walking, running, dancing, leaping, jumping. And at that time, think about it. If there are five porches of people, and they are looking, and they see this guy who's been here for how many years running around, and they see another guy who's with him, Guess what? Everyone's trying to get to that guy. Everyone's looking for Jesus now. Church, that is the purpose of miracles. The purpose of miracles is that we are all looking for Jesus. Those who are unbelievers, those who don't know Jesus yet, as their personal Lord and Savior, say, there's a God out there who loves me so much to do a miracle work in my life. And they they all start running to Jesus. Verse 13, but the one who healed did not know who he was, for Jesus had withdrawn because the multitude is in place. So I, I truly believe Jesus was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, all these people are coming, he had withdrawn. So we don't know where Jesus went at the time, but what it says is afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple. Do I find this interesting? Where is the place that he went after he got his healing? He went to go worship. He went to go worship. This guy who was miraculously healed said, you know what? There's no place I'd rather be than in your presence. 
No place I'd rather be than in your presence. And that guy ran to the temple, and Jesus found him there. And the interesting thing is, Jesus had more to say to him. Because the only thing he said to him so far was, Arise and take your bed and go, basically. But he said Jesus wasn't done with him yet. You know, church, Jesus is not done with us just when we come to know him. Jesus is not done with us just when we have a miracle that happens in our life. He's not done with us. He wants to continue to work on us, continue to refine us, continue to grow us, continue to make us and mold us and shape us. For what purpose? For what purpose? So that his kingdom can be expanded. So his kingdom can be expanded. So afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. What does he say next? Sin no more, lest something worse will come upon you. In this case, this guy, so what he's telling this guy to do is, look, you need to repent, you need to turn from your sin, you need to put the old person behind you. Leave that person at the porch at the pool of Bethesda. Leave him there. That person was sick. That person was dying. That person needed Jesus in their life. And now there's a miracle that occurred in their life, a new salvation in their life. Sin no more. Turn and repent from your sins. No, church, sin opens the door to sickness and disease in our life. It opens the door. We have to be vigilant about breaking sin in our life. It is so important for us to go do, each and every one of us. You say, well, well, you know, I don't sin. I don't, you know, I don't watch pornography or I don't do this or I don't do that. Church, there's, if you read the Bible a little bit, you'll see there are a multitude of things that God considers sin. Even worry. Worry is one of the biggest ones. So if you're walking around worrying, you're walking around in sin. You need to ask for forgiveness for that. You need to turn from that. It's not easy. It's a journey. It's something you have to do. We have to die to ourselves every single day. But what's beautiful is God's mercies are new every single day. So I have to die to myself every day, but guess what? His mercies raise me up every single day. Every single day. So the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. So I'm thinking at this point he probably asked who his name was. So I didn't get it. Hey, it was kind of like one of those things. Oh my goodness, it's you again. And you guys like sin no more, right? You know what I mean? So it's like, oh Jesus, tell me to sin no more. Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, like he's probably, he's worshiping God and everything. But now he got his name. And we know, and now he knows, it's the name of Jesus that healed him. It's the name of Jesus that saved him. It's the name of Jesus that pulled him out of the pool of Bethesda around all those other sick people, and set him on a brand new course. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. So what happened? This guy now has become an evangelist. Now he became an evangelist. He didn't go to school. It didn't say that Jesus found him in the temple and downloaded supernaturally every scripture of the Old Testament that was written at that time into this man's body so he could go preach the gospel. and be. No, this guy said, I had a miracle. All I know was a guy named Jesus that did it. 
And that's all we have to worry about. This is a guy named Jesus. Yes, we need to learn. We need to study. And if God tells you to go to school, go to school. But you don't have to wait to be an evangelist to say what God has done in your life, what Jesus has done for me, if you have to go to school. I didn't read the whole New Testament yet, so I can't say anything to anybody. It doesn't say that. It says this guy was an evangelist. He went and told the Jews. He's going around telling them. It doesn't say that they've even asked them anymore. He departed and was telling the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. At first they asked him, he said, I don't know. And once he found out, he said, oh, now I do know. They're not asking him anymore. Now he's going off and telling. It is Jesus who did it. So this is what I see for this church, too, is I imagine the more and more miracles that we see, the more and more evangelists that God is creating to go out into this city and this town and these schools and this government and these workplaces and saying, hey, guess what? There's a miracle that occurred in my life and I want to tell you about it. And each and every one of us can be an evangelist. Verse 16 says, for this reason the Jews persecuted Jesus. So they're still upset. They're still upset and they sought to actually kill him because he healed somebody on the Sabbath. Wow. You talk about missing the point. They were so steeped in this religious philosophy or this, 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 uh, these rituals that said, no, 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 you can't, you can't do anything on the Sabbath. You can't do anything on this Sabbath day. This is a day of rest. You can't be here. That's not restful. Are you kidding me? That guy got healed on the Sabbath. That's the most restful day of his life. He is excited. He is fired up. They completely missed it. And we need to be very careful that we don't get into just rituals of reading our Bible or rituals of this or rituals of that. We are doing it because we want a relationship with that man, Jesus. Our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, because he is the one who has provided that healing for us. Because he came to earth and he died for our sins, and he defeated death, and he rose from the grave, which is the greatest miracle of all, and now is seated with God the Father in heaven. And so they wanted to actually kill him because he was doing things on the day of rest. Come on, for real. Verse 17, but Jesus answered them, says, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. Excuse me? We are here to heal, and it doesn't matter what day we're going to heal on. It says in a different translation that he has worked and continues to work on our behalf. I love that translation. I'm not sure which one. It might have been NIV. He has worked and continues to work on our behalf. It says, my father's been working. What I say earlier, what Jesus only did, what he saw the father do. So the father was working. He's still working. Jesus is working. He's still working. The Holy Spirit is working and still working. And they're going to continue until he comes again. He's going to, they're going to continue until he comes again. They're working. So therefore, the Jews sought out all the Mordecai. Now they're even more upset. Because not only did he break, he broke the Sabbath but also said that God was his father making himself equal with God. Well, sorry, folks, he is. (laughs) They didn't like that very much. And Jesus answered 
and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. Just what we said earlier. Too often we, the church, will say the right things, but we don't actually do the right things. We need to do what Jesus did. Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda, did he not? He didn't wait for those from the pool of Bethesda to come to him. He went to the pool of Bethesda. He went there. He found this man. And he said, arise, take your bed. We need to have the same love, compassion, the same, the same want and desire to seek the lost, to heal the sick, to teach those who are seeking knowledge to pray. So tonight I want to take some time and pray. I want to pray the name of Jesus over these prayer requests. I want to speak the name of Jesus. And I want you all to be in agreement with me because as we see, when Jesus speaks and he says, arise, what happens? It happens. He said that miracle happened immediately. Now we may or may not see an immediate manifestation of a miracle and every prayer request happen just like that. We may, we may not, but what we do know is it's done. When we pray for it, it's done. In Jesus' name, in the spiritual realm, it's happening, and the physical realm is working now to keep up and to get in line with the spiritual realm. And that's when we need to begin to use our mouth and the power of our words to continue to speak what God's word says over that situation. We don't have to keep begging. We don't have to keep going back and saying, oh, dear Jesus, please help me with this. Dear Jesus, please help me. No. Jesus, I cast this care to you I need your help in this situation. I receive that that answer is done in your name. Amen. And then all you have to do from there forth is to begin just to speak the word of God over that situation. Find scripture after scripture that says, this is God's will for this situation. It's God's will that he wants me healed. My body is healed in the name of Jesus. We don't have to keep coming and begging for it. Those people waited 30, this guy was waiting for 38 years. And what happened? The name of Jesus. Healed. Miraculous, drawn out from that place into a new life. So let's pray. Yeah, Liz wants to share something real quick here. I also just wanted to add to that. um, See what God says. See yourself healed. Mm. We have imaginations all the time. Um, you know, oh my goodness, Wegmans is going to be packed. It's the day before the holiday. I should have gone earlier. And you can, you honestly, you're imagining the lines. You're imagining the <laughs> chaos. You're imagining, and you're right on on that. I mean, what, that's Wegmans. That's just an example. You're right on. You totally should have gone earlier. <laughs> but y- you, when you're talking about healing, you're talking about your child or something that is just heart wrenching. I mean, it's important. The enemy is standing there right away Mm. to put that thought in your mind. Um, As an example, um, two of our girls traveled to Pittsburgh for a ballet audition. Um, Anna is 16. She's she's a very good driver. But, I mean, we allowed her to drive to Pittsburgh alone with her 15-year-old sister as her navigator. And we prayed. I said, I will not be in fear she is capable Anna are you comfortable is this what you want to do yes so uh, you know we prayed with them gave have the directions and we sent them off as they departed within minutes you know there's pictures of mangled metal and my 
precious ones, you know, on the side of the road. No, in the name of Jesus. Mm. No, in the name of, I mean, it's a fight. It's a fight. He wants you to see what, well, that could happen. My mom, I love her. She, um, she struggles with fear and, um, she was, she was upset with, how could you let, how could you let her do that? She's just a baby. How could you, mom, she's, she's covered. She's blessed. We've prayed. We are prayerful about what we do so that we are in God's will. But that picture was, the enemy is right there. That is tempting me, tempting me to an imagination that has set itself up against the knowledge of God. God's word says that my children are protected. God's word said that he provides, that um, they are in the shadow of his wing, that we've lifted this up in prayer, in faith. They are protected. They are blessed. They, he has a plan for them, a future for them. So that imagination was against the knowledge of God, and immediately I can see it. Now, I've grown. I used to, how many times have I planned his funeral? As a young, married, just so in love with this guy, how many times was I folding laundry? What songs would I play? Oh, and I would be, oh, and I'm not kidding. And I would, it's like I would wake up, and I'd realize, what am I doing? What am I doing? No, no. And I would just grab just one scripture. You know, I will not fear for God is with me. God is with this man. He has a plan for our life. It was fear. It was fear that, that um, this relationship was such a, it's such a wonderful, godly relationship. That's not where I came out of. Um, and so it was a fear that this would be snatched away, that this would be snatched away. It was too good. It would be snatched away because God's not that good. God is that good. Amen. So the prayer of faith, the prayer of faith, see yourself healed. That's right. See the provision coming in. That's right. See it. And when that other imagination comes, I always know, oh, the enemy's nervous. Mm-hmm. The enemy's nervous for what God has in store. The right. faster and the more kind of horrible that, that ugly imagination is, now, after all this practice, after honestly years of practice, I'm just like, ooh, you're nervous. Well, praise Jesus. Thank you, Father. You have good things in store. And this is just practice. This is just walking it out. See yourself healed. See God exactly who he says he is doing what he said he will do. He will never, his void does not return, or his word does not return void. He is faithful, and he fulfills his word. He fulfills his promises. That's good. The, you know, just one other, one other point. You know, when we have the, we all have the ability, it says that we can hear his voice. The sheep hear his voice. We are his sheep. We can hear his voice. And there's a fundamental difference when we hear his voice of fear or peace. And you can feel when you start to get in fear that, wait a second, that's the enemy trying to speak to me, trying to tell me to worry, to care, or to have mangled body to, bodies on the side of the road. That is not from the Lord. That is from the enemy. But when he speaks to you and says, you know what? Those girls shouldn't go down to Pittsburgh this day. Now, he didn't on this case, but if he would say that, and we had a peace about that. And it wasn't because we were fearing mangled bodies, but because we just had a peace. Like, you know what? 
I really have a peace in my, in my, this is like peace, let peace be our guide. Let peace be our guide. When we feel that sense of peace, you know what? Then we know that's the Lord speaking to us, the Holy Spirit speaking to us, and we can go in that direction when we have that peace. I love this. Um, the Lord taught me this. He's been so good to me. He's taught me so much. He never uses fear to speak to you. That's right. Never. If you see a picture of mangled bodies, that's not him warning you not to go somewhere. That's right. He doesn't use that. He'll say, don't go. That's right. That's all he'll say. Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't I go? There's no reason not to go. The weather's good. I've checked the weather. I've planned. I've made all these plans. If I don't go, and that's you, you start, and all he'll say, don't go. And then there's obedience. And then there's obedience. And then if you do go, you figure out why you weren't supposed to go. <laughs> and he taught me this, honestly. He taught me this um, the very first time I remember. I was standing at the top of the steps, and it was in the morning, and I had changed a diaper, and it was very wet. It was like the kid had gone swimming. And my practice was, I know, changing the diapers, and I would throw them down the steps to take them in the garbage. I'd tidy up upstairs. And honest, I stood at the top of the steps. Don't throw it. I mean, like I, I didn't hear it with my ears, but I, I heard it. I knew. Eh. And that's what I, I mean, I, out eh. loud, eh. it'll be all right. And I threw it, and that sucker exploded <laughs> all over. I mean, all over. Fast forward a little ways. No, this is my journey, and I'm so thankful because God is, God is good. He teaches us with those small things. Oh, I have dirty diapers. Ta- he taught me how to hear His voice with these small, inconsequential things. I have disobeyed on some big things, and I have paid some heavy prices. But it was me. I knew. Um, I love this message. This is my. I love this because God has been so good to me to teach me. Fast forward, and I'm pregnant, and there's three chocolate chip cookies. And he said, I heard him, share them. <laughs> and I said, I don't want to. Out loud, <laughs> I don't want to. I ate all three cookies, and I was ill for the entire night. I mean, I was ill. Again, similar, similar time frame. Uh, Clorox disinfecting wipe. Toilet. Don't flush it. Eh, it'll be all right. Flushed it, overflowed everywhere. He had to come home from work and rescue me, and there's just water everywhere. And so I learned, I learned me, that two of my catchphrases, when I hear myself say, eh, it'll be all right, I stop. And whatever it is that I had just heard that I didn't want to do, and that's the second phrase is, I don't want to. Those are my phrases. And when I hear myself say those, immediately I stop. And I say, okay, I'll do that. Yes, I'll share the cookies. I won't flush the wipe. I won't throw the diaper. But he taught me. Um, and as I was learning, we were driving to El Canelo for dinner. And it was like, we shouldn't eat at El Canelo. And there was this whole picture of my whole family getting food poisoning. And I honestly, at that point, I didn't know. Lord, is this you? Are you, are you leading me? Are you guy? Like, and I told, we went and we ate. But I told him, I was like, what? I don't know. And that is when I learned that. If there's a picture of evil, a picture of something bad happening, it's not him. Right. He doesn't, he won't do that. He's not going to tell you what's going to happen. He's just going to say, mm. share that. Give that. Go here. Don't throw Don't that. go there. Don't throw it. <laughs> he doesn't say, don't, don't let them go to Pittsburgh and show me mangled bodies. He doesn't talk mm. that way. That's, mm. that's ugly. It's death and it's fear. He'll just say, don't go. And I'll say, and we we do this now. Honey, it's just not sitting. 
I just don't have peace. There's no reason why. Mm. We might never know why. We, may, we have said no to them or no to ourselves. Um, and we've never known if, if something ha- was going to, you know, nothing happened. We'll never know. Mm. But we felt a, just an absence of peace. Yeah. There was no pictures, no fear that, that motivated us to say no to something. And when fear does rise up, I immediately know, okay, that's not God. And I, I seek peace. I go for peace. I'm happy you brought that up. That's right. Is there anything else you <clears throat> want to right. talk no, about? No, I think that's good. Okay. Appreciate that. All right, guys. We're going we're gonna to spend some time praying tonight. And we're going to speak the name of Jesus over these, all these prayer requests. And like I said, then we'll turn some music back on. We'll dim the lights down. It'll just be your time to have some personal prayer time with the Lord. Just seek him for any issues that are going on in your life, prayer requests that you might have. And many a times I've heard people here Wednesday night that the Lord will put somebody on their heart. And so I want you to pray for that person, intercede on that person's behalf. You don't know what's going on with them, but if he gives that person's name to you and you think of that person, I want you to pray for them tonight, whoever it might be, okay? Heavenly Father, we just come to you tonight. Lord, you are good and you do good and your mercies are good. Father, we thank you that you are a God of peace. We thank you, Father, you sent your Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. We thank you, Father, that you gave us access to the name of Jesus. You sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins, and you miraculously raised him from the dead, defeated sin, defeated sickness, defeated everything in our lives, and now we can call upon that name of Jesus. And so tonight we call out the name of Jesus over every one of these prayer requests. We lift up Aaron to you right now. Father, we just pray against anxiety, depression, and sadness, and we break that in the name of Jesus. We pray for supernatural healing in her body and that she will lean and turn towards you in the name of Jesus. Father, we lift up Gwen right now. We just lift up her son to you, that he is just having difficulties and issues in dealing with family members. We take this situation and we cast it to you. Father, we pray for restoration of relationships, for reconciliation in the name of Jesus. We lift up Deb and Tom to you, favor with every issue that they have with a contractor that would be done in Jesus' name. We just thank you that your mercy and your eternal salvation will rest on this woman's mother. We thank you for it. Father, we just pray for an unspoken prayer request. Right now, Father, we lift it up to you. You know what it is. You know exactly what it is as I look at it on this paper. I don't know what it is. We don't know what it is, but you know. And Father, we commit this to you right now. And in the name of Jesus, whatever needs to happen in this person's life, we just speak it now tonight. And Father, we just pray for Mike. We pray for healing. We pray for healing for Norm, wholeness of their body, of their mind, and their spirit. Father, your word says that, that, that we do not have to have a spirit of fear, but we can have a spirit of power and of a sound mind. And we just speak a sound mind now over Norm in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father, for every court case, every legal battle, every issue, Father God, that is coming up in people's lives. We call them in the favor and the blessing of those who are calling upon you. Father, you say you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. And Father, as each and every one of these people who are diligently seeking you, Father, reward them. Father, your will be done in every one of their cases that are coming up. And Father, we lift up job interviews to you. We thank you, Father, that you have the perfect job for each and every person. The perfect occupation, the perfect job that you are calling each and every one of us to. 
And I pray that these people find it in the name of Jesus. We thank you for continued healing and miraculous power for uh, Mary Catherine and her body. Father, we thank you that she is healed in the name of Jesus. And we lift up three others who don't want to be named, that your healing power in touch goes upon them this week as they go under testing, as they go under surgery, as they go under, uh, into operation rooms, Father God, that your Holy Spirit will be with them. You will give them peace. Father, you will give them healing. You will give them recovery faster than they ever thought imaginable. And we thank you for that. And Father, now I'm reminded of something I just heard this week of a prophecy over the church at large that this is the day, this is the time that we will see more miracles coming than we've ever seen in the past. Your miraculous working power. And we call forth that power in the name of Jesus over these requests and over every request that's presented here tonight by the people that are sitting here. And Father, now we come into a time of prayer. We will worship you. We're casting our cares onto you. And we thank you that you care for us. In Jesus' precious name. You guys may just spend some time in prayer now. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for who you are. We thank you, Father, that you are good. We thank you that those mercies are new every day. We thank you that you are a God of peace. That you are a God of peace, not of fear. We thank you that you are a God of power. You are a God of power. Father, we welcome that power in our lives. Father, your word says that the same power, the same power that rose Christ from the dead, that same miracle-working power that rose our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, from the dead, resides in each and every one of us who has called on your name. That miracle-working power is inside of us, stirring, Father God, providing us everything that we need for life and godliness. We thank you that that power is available to us, and we worship you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As I said before, before we close, if you have any physical need in your body, Anything at all. If you have a physical need in your body, we just want to take a minute. If you want to come up front here, uh, Liz and I will pray for you, and everyone here will agree in prayer. Uh, If you have any physical need in your body, just give a minute. Just come on up front. If not, that's okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me just pray a prayer of benediction over us tonight. Heavenly Father, as we go from this place tonight, that you will give us traveling mercy, safety, and blessing as we return to our homes. And Father, as we go about our day tomorrow, that you will give us opportunities to share your miracle-working power that you have already done in our life with somebody else. And Father, I just thank you that every prayer request that we prayed for tonight, that it it is done in Jesus' name, and we are thanking you now for the miracle manifestation of every one of these prayer requests being answered. And Father, we just pray a special blessing, favor over each and every person here tonight. In your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. 
Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly faith communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.